Hello, welcome to the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. It's episode number 20. We are, uh, we're now into the roaring 20s, Alistair. We're not in our teens. Ooh. No, we've grown up. Our we, pimples and spots have gone. We are, well, uh, that's what they told me. <laughs> anyway, Anton, how are you? I'm doing well, you know, just living life, maybe playing a little bit of Switch whenever I can. Uh, I good did times. notice. I did notice this week I saw your name pop up once or twice whilst I was on the uh, the old Nintendo Switch, but that also means I was playing it. And uh, Alistair, you finally finished Red Dead Redemption. I finished Red Dead Redemption today. That means I can pick up my Switch and actually start playing it properly. Good, because there's lots of things we want to discuss. Now, before we get started, just a reminder, you can download our podcast from iTunes. You can listen to it on Spotify. I think it's on Stitcher. And remember that we're on Twitter as well. So if you're on Twitter, it's NSUK Podcast on Twitter. Um, we also have a website, Alistair. Which is nsukp.co.uk. Yeah, you can t- you can uh, get in touch with us there by email, which I think is just, just podcast. Podcast that. Yeah, yeah, podcast that. nsukp.co.uk. Now, if you're on iTunes, please do leave us a review. Those things really do help us out just to get people noticing us. And um, yeah, if you have any friends that are Nintendo Switch players anywhere in the world, but they don't listen to the podcast, we would love it if you would share what we do on a weekly basis because we do it for free and we're going to try and we're going to try and think of a couple of ways to kind of get out there a bit more because I know that we have some uh, loyal listeners who listen to us every week and I know that it is growing but it would be nice to just just reach that a little further wouldn't it it would be we'd lovely get some friends some families get some enemies listen to us Enemies is good. People yeah. can disagree with everything we say. That's fine. I, I, that That's not an issue. That's, yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, that starts conversation, Anton. Yeah, go on Twitter and just like send us your hot takes. And, uh, you know, it's actually quite good to kind of be challenged because sometimes we are a little bit on the optimistic side, we know. And, uh, you know, it's good to be challenged. <laughs> well, speaking of being optimistic, let's start off with this week's fantastic news. Tell us what people want to know. Now, I say it's fantastic. I don't know yet, but we're going to work our way through it. And the first thing I wanted to talk about this week was Team Sonic Racing. The, old, the reason I want to talk about this is because I know, Anton, that you've been quite excited about this. I have mm-hmm. it. There's a couple of things on the Switch that we're going to discuss. But first of all, Anton, have you been enjoying it? I haven't had a chance to pick it up yet. Um, <sighs> there's so many games coming out. I'm like, oh, Mario Maker. And then we've got... Uh, Tons of stuff, so I haven't picked up yet. I'm on the fence because there are other titles on my. Right. I've got my eyes on. So should I pick up, Mike? Okay, I've played. Uh, I played a bit of the campaign mode, and the whole emphasis on Team Sonic Racing is on co-op. So it's a co-op title essentially, although you can play it on your own. But the way it works is that you're working as a team with other people in the race rather than individual when you're in the campaign mode. I think it's different if you play online, but I've just been kind of working my way through it. What's cool about it is, like a lot of the Sonic games that we've seen in the last sort of 15, 20 years, um, as you go through the campaign mode, there's different types of challenges. So it's not just race this and finish first, race this Mm. and finish first. There can be other stuff in there like, um, I don't know, finish in the top three and don't do this and whatever. So it's it's quite cool in that sense. Um, Gameplay-wise, I need a little bit longer with it. What I will say is it doesn't have, at the moment, the thrill of Mario Kart or the thrill that I was quite expecting from it. I'm kind of almost there with it. Come back to me in another couple of weeks when I've had a chance to really get into it because it could just be that I've put so many hours into Mario Kart, I think maybe a couple of hundred hours or whatever, that I just haven't quite got to grips with it yet. So mm. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm not that keep my, my other other half, um, Rachel, she's she's not enjoying it as much as I thought she would, which, which is interesting. But let's watch this space. Now, Anton, there was one thing that they did differently on the Switch version, Indeed, which upset yeah. a couple of people. Yeah, it's weird, uh, sadly. And I find it weird that they got so close to getting the full game on Switch. But they had to cut the intro video from the campaign just to have it fit on the Switch cartridge. Um, Which is kind of bizarre, considering that's like such a small thing to have to have cut. Um, And similarly, if you download digitally, you lose it as well, just keeping it consistent. Um, How how do you guys feel about this? Because obviously we've had a few games where it's like you download digital content... However, in this case, they're just like, nah, we'll just cut off here and have it all fit on the cartridge. Yeah, well, this is what I don't understand. Why did they not just have the cut it from the cartridge, but make it automatically download to your Switch and just sort of gets pulled in and played and you would never notice a difference? Why did they not just do that? 
Yeah, I, I did wonder why it's not a patch. Like, why is it not a day one patch? Okay, day one patch, you've got to download this and it adds in, you know, because then that's not a, an issue of cartridge size then. So I don't really understand why that wasn't added. Um, well, I mean, I, I guess it depends what the intro video was showing you. Because at the end of the day, is it important? Does it build up the story to the single-player campaign or is it literally just a video I think it's a flashy place? video. I, don't, I think it's just a video kind of showcasing bits in from the case, game. I'm probably not that bothered. Yeah, but for, for sake of continuity, I think this is where the the developers have to start taking the Switch more seriously. And I think this is a problem that Sega maybe have been guilty of before. And I think it's something that, you know, actually, you know what? It's not a big deal. You're right. It doesn't change the game mechanic or anything, anything like that. But it just leaves the Switch owners feeling a slight bit, um, you know, under... Uh, what, hard done by. Hard done by, yeah. A little bit shortchanged. And I think it's maybe important from that perspective just even as a kind of show of like you know what you guys aren't missing out on anything we're going to add it as a patch it's just that the cartridges are small and that's the reason but I'm, I don't know I'm, I'm kind of I kind of feel they should have made the effort Anton yeah it's kind of a shame because it would have been nice even if there was like any form of workaround at all even if it was like an optional thing like hey do you want to stream it like yeah or even if have it as an optional download on the eShop be like hey you get this little we download so Nobody can complain. I understand why they wouldn't have maybe wanted to have it as like one of those downloads. You have to download the game because that kind of insinuates you have to download like an 18 gigabyte game to your cartridge. Yeah. And personally, I me mean, when I see that, I'm just like, I'm not going to bother <laughs> in most yeah. cases. So I understand well, I, their decision, but it's a shame. Yeah, uh, it is a shame. I think the game in itself, I think I probably um, start to really enjoy it. What's interesting is we've got Crash Team Racing coming out in a matter of weeks and I'm, I've pre-ordered that as well so I wonder which one is because I'm kind of done with Mario Kart at the moment because I need new courses I've done everything I've played every level I've, I've played online so much I'm just I'm, I'm kind of done with it um, I find that the level I'm at online is now frustrating because people are very very good um, that I'm playing mm. against so I think I think for me it's um, it's going to be interesting to see which one wins out because I am I am kind of I'm wondering if Crash Team Racing might take it, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> there is actually, there's a wider discussion here, and I'm not suggesting we go into this today. I think it's too big of a topic for right now. But rather than um, bl- not blaming Sega, but getting on at Sega for cutting this bit, should we not be talking about why the cartridge is not a bit bigger? Well, it, it's one of the possibilities that we know that there are, has been talk that we're getting double size, what we're getting, you know. You could easily space. do it. That kind of data, that, that yeah. space, it costs nothing. Yeah. Unless it costs nothing. I, I think I think there is a bit of a shortfall with what we have now and what we possibly should have on the Switch, and maybe that's where the Switch Pro comes in, Anton. Yeah, you know, I believe the cartridge, like size of this game is about six point four one gigabytes, and I think it, in terms of like, kind of pointing towards Nintendo and being like, why, that doesn't sound like an unreasonable size for a game in twenty nineteen. That sounds very mm. reasonable, especially considering PS four and Xbox One game sizes. So. I, yeah. yeah, as you say, I think even just having like a 16 gigabyte cartridge available for you know, game developers to print their games onto it seems completely well, reasonable. From what from what I know, from what I read, and this might be wrong, I think that Sega were given the option of having a bigger um, card size, but didn't want to pay the extra for the Switch. Um, to have the the more capacity on the cartridge. Mm. That might make sense. And I'm pretty sure that's the... Sort of, you maybe have to fact-check that, but I'm pretty sure that Sega were given the option, but to go for the bigger cartridge size was going to cost them X amount more money, and that's why they didn't do it, because they felt that it was just a, a pointless intro video that didn't need to be on there but then you ask the question well why have it at all you know if it's if it's pointless why why should the switch miss out you know yeah mm. i have just looked it up by the way there are different sizes of nintendo cart they've yeah. got up to 32 gig right nintendo oh, really? was going to be bringing it to 64 gig one but they haven't done it yet right. they delayed it but their the capacity seems to be there so it's really this is a sega thing. so yeah back to blaming sega yeah okay. all right sega burn them to Boom. the ground <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i think i think this game will do well and i think that you know the other sonic racing games that i played in the past are great the transformed ones um so st- let me come back to it in a couple of weeks it's okay. certainly not about it's certainly not bad it's it's po- well polished it's, mm-hmm. it plays well it's just a little i don't know how i was slightly underwhelmed but that doesn't mean I won't enjoy it as I go on because it is even like the items it's quite hard at the moment to distinguish between what items do because it, I'm not used to them and they're kind of colour coded which doesn't help the colour blind among us like me and you Alistair <laughs> um, so you know there's things like that but it, it, I'm sure I'm sure that I'll grow to love it um, just on that uh, Anton you said that you've you've there's so much coming out at the moment what does that mean you've been playing this week uh, that 
you're going to throw me under the bus here. I've mainly just since the 10th anniversaries came around, purely Minecraft, going back, replaying the game. There's It's destroying my life. It's probably an addiction at this point. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> not being the most authentic Switch gamer, but surely oh, once I've... We'll, forg- we'll forgive you. We'll let you off. You've been on Red week. Dead all I've week, been on so. Red Dead, so I mean, I'm not really holding up my side of the bargain either. No, <laughs> It's no. only you, Mike. You're, well, you're doing it for all of us. I'll tell you what I have been playing this week, and this is a, another point of discussion just coming on from that uh, Team Sonic Racing release, and that is the release of Assassin's Creed 3. Now, the package also has the the other game that was on the PSP. Is it Liberation? Yeah, Liberation. So I haven't played that yet. Um, the first thing that I thought was really great is that once you get it, you can go into the... Um, eShop and you can download about 3 gig of additional content which is great so you got a whole other mission on there as well it's a big it's a lot of content for the for the money even though it's an older game and yes th- it's probably priced too high anyway there is a lot in there so you're getting the full um, Assassin's Creed 3 you've got the extra downloadable content for another mission you've also got Liberations which is a game in its own which a lot of people have mm-hmm. said is running much better than it was in the PSP the frame rate is higher which is great what I will say about Assassin's Creed 3, um, I was a big fan of the first Assassin's Creed, the second Assassin's Creed, and haven't really played one since. And I am loving playing Assassin's Creed 3, and a lot of people hate it. Without giving too much away, in the game, you don't really get to play as your main character until about 8 to 10 hours in. You play as other people. But I'm really enjoying that, and I know a lot of people hate that, but for whatever reason, maybe it's just I haven't played that type of game in a while. Now, there are a couple of technical issues. I would say that they have to sort out sort, sort the audio because when a scene is loading, the audio is kind of crackling and popping and doing things it shouldn't. There are a couple of moments where things slow down slightly and there are a couple of um, people appearing in the distance when they shouldn't be, things like that. So it's not perfect. And I think that it would be great if they released a patch and fixed some of those things, um, Ubisoft, because I don't think it's perfect and I think it's a bit lazy in that sense. Um, but as a game, it's fantastic. And playing it handheld, it's great. It's really, really great. So um, if you've not played the game, I would say you'll really enjoy it for what it is. If you've played the game before, you're probably feeling a bit like, oh, they've, they've you know, cut this or cut that. Um, you know, That's my impression. Well, it gives me an opportunity to play it because I've not played it. The last one I played was Black Flag, which was I really enjoyed. I know a lot of people didn't, yeah. but Black Flag was great. That was a pirate one. Yeah. So uh, I'm kind of tempted to give this one a shot. Oh, Anton's laughing in the background. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying here, I'm, uh, unlike yourselves, I wasn't a fan of anything past three. Uh, three I was on the fence with and just couldn't get myself through it, even though there was aspects I loved, like the kind of parkour mechanics in the the woods are really good and kind of the physics and just even graphically and visually but gameplay wise I couldn't get into it but I'm excited to hear we're getting Assassin's Creed games on Switch in this kind of calibre of title because I would love if they did like the Eid Seal trilogy or oh, yeah. even the first yeah. game it would be fantastic yeah I think I wasn't a Black Flag fan I played it for two or three hours and kind of gave up which isn't enough so you know I can't say I'm not a fan I just didn't get into it quickly enough um, but I think with this one playing it on the go again is the key to this and this is what's made it special so I can play it on the big screen and I have done but then I can go do you know what I'll just have a go handheld and it is it, it is quite compelling and it's you know it's well voice acted and all the rest of it it's Assassin's Creed title so it's pretty good um, so having it on the Switch is great I do think there are a few problems um, the one other thing as well I've seen a few comparisons because obviously this is a game that was released on the Wii U so Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed 3 was out on the Wii U um, and I've seen some kind of comparisons and it is better than the Wii U version there's no doubt about that it's not far off the PS4 and Xbox version, the uh, Xbox One. The, the biggest thing is the lighting is different, so it's got a slightly different hue to it, which mm-hmm. is fine, doesn't bother me. Um, it's running better from what I've read than the 360 version did and the PS3. So you're kind of somewhere between the, the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 4 at this point. With That's it, which is fine for a handheld. It's it great. Really yeah. yeah, and you, know, you can play it on the big screen as well if you want to do it that way. So. Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, it sounds like they've done a fairly good job, but need a bit of patching. Yeah, it, yeah, mixed reviews it's getting, but I love it. So there you go. If you haven't played it, go and check it out. And if you like the first or the second one, give it a chance, even if you don't like the first 10 hours. Now, uh, next up, we've got some Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution news. We're, uh, we're getting it on the Switch. I know that we were talking about a language patch um, originally, Anton, weren't we? But this, we're actually getting a physical yeah. release. Yeah, we're getting it physically, we're getting it digitally. It's coming slightly later in the month, um, a couple months away. Uh, however, costing 39 which for a game which on previous consoles costs 
16 to 20 pounds is a little bit steep but we're getting it physically includes all the dlc so if that's the kind of game you're interested in um kudos to you and you'll be getting it not too long uh we're waiting a little bit for even a wee bit for it, even though we're getting an, had an english patch in japan but you know what can you do so this will probably be the last time we bring this up but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, it's good news if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh fan and it is coming and it's not that long to wait. Really, it's August. Um, probably not going to spend the time learning learning the, the, the mechanics of playing it, but, the you know. The of a very complicated game. Yeah, well, to absolutely. be fair, actually, I'm quite glad it's coming here because it means you can stop having to say the name. Why? What's wrong with me it's saying It's just it? such a long name. Uh, I think it's, it's great. All right, well, one more time for good luck. Uh, it's coming out on the 20th of August, 2019. It's 39.99 digitally with a physical version of the works. It's Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution. And breathe. Oh, I am so excited to play this Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution. <laughs> I think it's going to be great. Apparently it's got like 9,000 cards, which is a record for the Yu-Gi-Oh! franchise. So there should be plenty of content and it has all of the DLC, which they really did go wild on DLC in the previous consoles. So looks great. Jam pack. Excellent. All right, then. So Funbox Media. Now, these are, are these, these are the guys that do the Jackbox packs. Is that oh. Funbox? Oh, I can't remember. I don't think that's Is them, that not them? don't quote me on that. Okay, we'll check that. Funbox Media have cancelled Space Hulk on the Switch due to a decision by the IP owners. Now, I don't know much about Space Hulk. I love the sound so, of it. So, it Anton, appears to be like an kind of action-adventure game. Uh, Space Hulk is one of those subsidiaries by those, like, the works games, like those little wee figures that you paint and do stuff like that and that kind of whole lore. Um, it looked really graphically intensive, which is the reason why I think a lot of people had their eye on it for a Switch title. However, weirdly enough, yet Funbox Media were excited and really wanted to bring it to Switch. Uh, the kind of war, the workshop people behind it have actually pulled out, and it's kind of a really weird situation in that regard. Okay, and what? So what is? So you paint stuff? Did you say? Yeah, the actual toys <laughs> or figures or whatever. People prefer to oh, them to be called okay. are just little wee figures. figures. You buy them, yeah, and you, the kind of part is you paint them, which is oh, kind of like War, the fun Warhammer part of them. I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. Same company. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So not the company that I was. thinking Not of. the company you're thinking of. I did check that. You were definitely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like the, the kind of name that we make that. But it had no. the word box in it. And That's you, I can see where you got me. confused. That's what threw me. Okay. Good news. Uh, so we're getting a new game uh, confirmed by THQ Nordic. It's Battle Worlds Kronos. Anton. Yeah, indeed. It's kind of, um, if you're not familiar with it, I think it came out in 2016 on PS4 and PC. It's a kind of top-down RTS game. It has a hexagonal kind of design. Uh, if you're kind of more a fan of kind of older RTS games, maybe your kind of 1990s, early 2000s kind of stuff, this will be completely up your alley, I think. Uh, so definitely give it a look. It's already out on other platforms, so you can look up reviews. Uh, it's going to cost quite a reasonable price for a kind of big game. Uh, it's £27 physically and digitally. Uh, so it looks to be an alright title. It's got mixed reviews, so kind of be cautious if you're not an RTS fan. But yeah. if you are a fan of, kind of older titles, and especially in the RTS genre where they really used to do some kind of shovelware garbage for a wee while, <laughs> it looks quite alright in all fairness. Yeah, it's coming out on June the 11th if you're keen on that. Battle Worlds. Kronos is the name if you want to go and have a look at the uh, the screenshots and see if it's something that might be up your street. Now, um, Brawlhalla, am I right in saying this is like the Indeed. budget version of um, Smash? Yeah, yeah, very much. Exactly. So. Okay, it, it looks great as well. And, and I've seen some really good reviews of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, if it's your kind of thing and you're not a Smash fan, but you want to try something like this, it might be something you're keen on. Anyway, we've got some interesting news about Brawlhalla and now has cross-platform online multiplayer between the Switch and the Xbox One. So if you've got friends that play it on the Xbox One, you can you can play with them now. Ah, oh, definitely. And, you know, we really just need to get more cross-platform games. It just really makes gaming so much better when you just don't have to be like, especially on the Switch where it sells smaller of the big three, at least in Europe. It's nice to just be able to think, oh, I can play with X people. Yeah. It's great. Excellent. Well, that's going to be coming... Uh, well, no, it's now. You've, you can you can actually do that now, yeah? Indeed, yes. Excellent. All right, then. Uh, we have some new Square Enix news. Now, we always get um, some excitement whenever Square Enix say they're going to release something. Tell us about this one, because it's a remake, Anton. Yeah, so are any of you familiar with the game franchise Star Ocean? I am familiar with it. I have watched the trailer for this and I've never played Star Ocean in the past. 
Uh, I love the cutscenes, by the way. It reminded me of the of like proper eighties cartoons. The the cutscenes, mm-hmm. like real kind of like He Man and that kind of stuff for that, that era. Yeah, I still don't see them. I remember it being out on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Was, I think that is that yeah. where it started from, Super Nintendo era. Indeed. Yeah. So the first game came out on Super Famicom back in nineteen ninety six, and I'm not too sure if I, I presume if you're aware of a Super Nintendo version, there may have been other versions released. Um, and yeah, it later got remade for the PSP in 07, and that one's simply called Square, uh, Star Ocean, the f- first departure. Uh, very well regarded, I remember people really loving it on the PSP. It was kind of top-down RPG goodness. Kind of still very 16-bit, but I think they threw in some like proper orchestrated music, some animated cutscenes, and now we're getting a remake of that PSP version on Nintendo Switch and PS4. Cool. So if you're up for like some... Because this was the golden age of Super Nintendo RPGs. Just, yeah. That was the kind of golden age. So if you're looking for t- kind of classic JRPG, I would give this one a good look. And they've done a couple other Star Ocean games and they're all yeah. very good. So very good. They're calling this one Star Ocean First Departure R. Do you think R just stands for yeah. remake? Because they've redone the graphics, they've updated the artwork. So it's not 16-bit anymore. It's, it's quite attractive. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that R means a slightly different game or if it literally means remake. I, I think surely remake. Mm. Yeah, I think they've they've used R for some of the Tales games, uh, also by Square Enix. So I think I think that's what it's that's like a about. Continuity thing. Um, it's good that they're doing the 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 remake based on the PSP remake. So if they can take what they did on the PSP twelve years ago and improve on that, um, given that this is another title that people will probably play handheld, that's probably a good thing as well. Um, so that's great. And and actually, there's, I said this a couple of weeks ago, but there were quite a few titles on the PSP and the Nintendo DS of that era that I would love them to, to go back and remake. So maybe this will kickstart some interest in that era of gaming because there were some really good titles in both of those um, consoles. So we will see. We will. Yeah, definitely. Especially from Square Enix. They really support that console quite well. So if this sells well, who knows what maybe we, might, we might have in the pipeline. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's hope so. Now, finally in news, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some sales that have... Um, basically, we've got some results of some sales for uh, for Nintendo and, and the Switch. And it's quite interesting, Alistair. Yeah, they've been doing well again, haven't they? So um, Nintendo released some sales figures for America. Uh, and in April, it was the highest selling console in April outsold PlayStation and Xbox which is nice Yeah, but it's also the highest selling console of the year so far in the wow. States it's outsold uh, oh, wow. PFP uh, sorry the PlayStation and the Xbox which well, is great news it, it is and, and again probably just adds more encouragement to developers to say hey let's let's go and do some some work on the on the Switch I think that's exactly the result it's going to have all the yeah. developers are going to be looking at it they're going to say actually you know what this console looks like it's here to stay for a while They, if they're not already backing it I suspect it'll probably push a few into actually beginning to do a bit of work on this platform yeah good news for all of us yeah are, are we getting excited about Definitely. E3 yet Anton? Oh, again there. I think uh, we're we're definitely needing to go and do a deep dive next week and kind of talk about our predictions. But oh, yeah, it's so near, so near. It is. It's. Um, I'm I'm very excited. It's been a while since I've got excited about a direct. No offense to Super Mario Maker, it, just because it wasn't wasn't my wasn't thing, our so. yeah, yeah. 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 Although mm. having said that, I <laughs> say that, and I've seen some of the. Um, some of these kind of challenges that they've put up of the clips of what it'll be like for the 100 levels and all that. And actually, I'm like, mm, I don't know, actually. This looks quite good. <laughs> Marketing at its Definitely. best. It's turning you. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I won't lie. Just, I would highly recommend just giving it a go. It's, it may surprise you because I didn't think I would like the original. I just picked up because it had a good like bundle of the Amiibo and the art book and it was a like, good price. And the Wii U was a dire time to be a Nintendo fan, but I'll give it a chance. Yeah. Uh, you may hate me. Who knows? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think so. Right then, let's move on to this week's rumours. No, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... Okay, so first of all, uh, we're uh, we're going to talk about some news from THQ subsidiary. How do I pronounce this? Koch Media or Koch Media? Uh, Kochi? Uh, I'm not too sure. Well, those guys. Anyway, what's been happening, Anton? Yeah, so... Uh... After uh, we've had a leak from them before uh, via EB Canada citing a Darksiders Definitive Edition, uh, emphasis on the deaf and definitive. I saw that. Um, I, thought, I wasn't sure it was a typo or if that was actually what it, what it was. Ah, uh, they're clever. Yeah, they're very clever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, following that leak a couple months ago, um, on their own website, they've leaked a listing for Darksiders Definitive Edition coming to Nintendo Switch and the other big consoles. Um, so it's at that point. 
I think it's safe to say it's definitely coming. Uh, THQ's been really good with supporting the Switch, and even the Wii U, they were really good at supporting, so it looks pretty much official. Have any of you tried any of the Darksiders games Never before? played a moment of it. No, me neither, really? actually. Well, I feel we're both uh, we're failing here, because I think a lot of people have. G- give, us a, give us a lowdown of... Yeah, so it's about. kind of your adventure RPG-style game. It's... I hate to say this, but it's very Xbox 360-style game, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, kind of double-A kind of title. I think there's a lot of people that will love it, and I think it's it's not for everyone, I wouldn't say. Yeah. yeah. But I'll give it a go. You can get it for really cheap on the previous consoles if you have your old free sticks, say maybe play like half an hour and see if you like it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, like a t- title that I'm definitely aware of, and I've seen it loads and loads. It's just never been one that I've played. So that, great, if it's coming, if, the, if this is coming to the Switch, then more good news because it's a quality title that gets well-reviewed, so... I'm happy with that. We've been saying good news a lot today. Have we got any bad news? No, because I said earlier that we're positive and we're happy to be positive. That's why I said, here's wonderful news. <laughs> so we we don't do negative, apart from maybe a couple of glitches on some of the games that we've bought this week. But anyway. I need to put my sceptic hat on back on. Right, get that hat on because we're going to move on to some more uh, rumours this week. And uh, one of uh, a well-known leaker called, is it Wabi Sable? Oh, I'm not even going to try Wabi to Sabo. That. I don't even care if that's how you pronounce it or not because it sounds great. Wabi Sabo is a leaker and he's exposed some new screenshots of a game, a Ubisoft IP. Come on, tell us about this one, Anton. Yeah, he he just laid out the full news. That the game title is Roller Champions. Is this the it's... one that looks a bit like Rocket League? Kind of. Like, imagine like a roller, like Jet Set Radio meets Rocket League. What's the kind oh, of vibes I'm getting with? A mix of arms for some reason. He shared photos. He shared kind of press details. Um, he shared a little wee video of like one of the kind of intro reels that you would have, like if you're waiting for a game to start. It appears to be coming from Ubisoft and getting shown off at E3 because he found watermarks that say E3 demo. Mm. Um, it looks really interesting graphically. It looks stunning. I presume multiplayer focus. Yeah. Um, and he's also got assets for kind of control, uh, like kind of like almost sheets of paper saying the control layouts for Nintendo Switch. So it seems to be guaranteed. And considering Ubisoft were really bad at having leaks not leak last year uh, with Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, it seems quite likely that this one is a legit leak. And if it's not, he's went to way too much effort <laughs> forging images and screenshots and kind of box art and the whole shit. Uh, if it's anything like... Um... Uh, what was I talking about? If it's anything like Rocket League in terms of the multiplayer aspect, then bring it on because we need more of those games. We haven't really got that many. I mean, FIFA hasn't got its act together quite yet with the, the FIFA releases. They're all right. By the way, you can get FIFA 19 at the moment for about £18 or something. And I think on the store it's about 19 Um But it's not quite the full thing because we don't have the journey, which is a big part of FIFA. So I haven't... I haven't gone for that. But something like this, I love Rocket League. I put loads of hours into it. We need more games like this. So I'm I'm completely up for that if it's um if it is good. So we'll just have to wait and see. If it's a if it's an E3 demo, I suspect we'll probably find out in a couple of weeks, to be honest. Oh definitely. And it's quite exciting because Ubisoft's been doing good with supporting Switch more. So yeah. fingers crossed we get some like yet yeah, this game looks like fairly big. It would be nice to get a really kind of more big, maybe serious title. Yeah, brilliant. Now, on the Japanese eShop with English language support from this week, the 30th of May, this is interesting. You'll be able to download a free version of Dead or Alive Extreme 3 Scarlet. Why do we yeah. not get this free? Um, it's never been released here. Um, it's full English support. Right. I think they were worried about controversy because it is... A very, uh, I guess, sexualized dead or alive. Uh, I mean, I've played some of the dead or alive fighting games, and they are pretty, you know. Yeah, but... they're they're uh, not not the most PC games in the world. No, but I mean, you know, we, we, <laughs> but they're good fun. Whenever we get a um, a visual novel, we get the edited version over here anyway. Like, I think there's another one coming soon. What we're getting a a sort of slightly less controversial version from the Japanese one. So, you know, could they not have done that if they were really worried about it? Yeah, I think they were just scared of just have like getting accusations of just being like, oh, you're over-sexualizing women. Mm. But anyway, if that is a game you really want, it's free in Japan. Um, you get the game, and I believe the difference is is how they've made it free is you have to buy additional characters okay. uh, for, I think there were 2,000 yen, which is about... Uh, uh, 10 to 2,000 yen, which I think is about 10 or 20 pounds. Okay. Uh, but... You can get the free version. I don't know how much gameplay is really in there, but 
you know, if you're bored, it will get you to a beach this summer, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cheapest way to get to a beach. It's the only way living where uh, we do that we'll probably see a, a beach and sunshine. To and that is very true. Yeah. <laughs> the combination of the two and having a day off all at the same time. There's a lot of stuff to try and fit in when you live in Scotland. Now, um, just a couple of other things, less switchy, but still important. First of all, I've been seeing a lot of this new Mario Kart beta uh, leak this week. Actually, i got to say, I was I was like, I'm never playing, I'll never play Mario Kart on, the, on a mobile, but actually it looks, looks quite good. <laughs> I think you and I have had a change of position because I looked at it and went, eh, I can't really be bothered with that anymore. Mm, I, I like the idea of it in theory, and then I saw and thought, you know what, just going left and just going right without the acceleration, I can't really be but doing that, with that. But that is what, what mobile is good at, isn't it? it well, yeah, but it, it's also been designed as a one-handed game, which is what Nintendo tried to do with all their yeah. mobile mm-hmm. games. But actually, I think it would have been better if it was a two-handed game. Anton? Oh, I'm I'm scared for this game. I, I don't know if just we've got three different color currencies we've got loot boxes yeah it seems it's a one-handed game they are trying to go gently there's it's just a money spinner yeah because apparently uh, and you might remember the article there was that uh, quote from i think the old head of nintendo after a while before the who uh, Fushima, uh where he was talking about the fact that mario kart uh, not mario kart uh, super mario bros run underperformed mm-hmm. um where Fire Emblem overperforms. Uh, so I'm scared they're going to be taking the Fire Emblem approach and really gouging money here. Mm. Um, I trust Nintendo, so well, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Interestingly, I don't know. Did you guys see the news about um, Belgium pulling some mobile games for Nintendos this week? Uh, no. Well, no. That so uh, a lot of people probably missed this, but last year Belgium passed a law which basically banned loot boxes. They're they're seen as a form of unregulated gambling. You pay actual cash, you don't know what you're getting, so they, they decided this was illegal. Okay. Uh, and this week they've pulled Fire Emblem and they've also pulled, oh, I forgot the other game, two anyway, Animal Crossing. Yeah, Animal Crossing. They've pulled both of them from uh, the digital stores in Belgium. Right. So I suspect this one will uh. fall afoul of that as well. And I think there's quite a movement across the world. Belgium was the first country to do this. Yeah. But I think there's quite a few countries are thinking about banning loot boxes in games. So a lot of these developers, Nintendo included, might have to rethink their strategy and yeah. how they make cash from these things. Yeah, hmm. I, don't I don't know. know. I mean, how do you guys feel about loot boxes as a general thing? For me personally, I'm I'm of an age now that it doesn't bother me because I just think, well, you know what? If you want to if you want to participate, then do it. But I think there is an there is a bigger question about when you have someone in the house that's maybe a little younger that has access to this and maybe limited amount of money to to use on that, you know, and, and is spending their money on that. I think there is there are problems. I've seen it in the past. Um, you know, the 360 and, and the, the PlayStation 1 and PC gaming and all sorts. And I, I think mobile gaming is probably one of the biggest culprits. But it does happen. And I do think people do get carried away with, with you know, we've got to be the best. And FIFA is quite bad for that because FIFA, yeah. you know, you, you've got your um, ultimate team and you're trying to build that up. And it, uh, I love, I, I can understand it because it's addictive. You know, you, you haven't quite got the team you want, but if I just spend a bit more money in the next pack I open, I might get somebody that's, even better, and I, I can kind of understand what where they're coming from. I do think it's it depends whether you think it's irresponsible or not to use that as a a money making tool. I would say on the Switch, it's right on the borderline. Yeah, I've got to say i I don't like the whole idea of pay to win. I think pay to win shouldn't exist. Pay for things like skins and all that kind of stuff that make no difference to your gameplay but if you want them you spend your money on them I have no objection to people mm-hmm. doing that whatsoever pay to win is uncomfortable loot boxes I've come to the conclusion I find them even more uncomfortable because some people are going to win a lot of people are going to lose and exactly as you just said the people who are probably most likely to spend the most money on this are the young who don't understand it don't have the money and can get themselves or the parents and big difficulties oh I mean, there's all sorts of stories with FIFA yeah. I mean I've seen seen that over and over again I think good examples of that are Warframe I think Warframe does it well because you yeah. you can buy stuff and it enhances it but you don't need it and I think that's great and it's a free game so that's fantastic yep. so even if you spent £30 it's not the end of the world because that's the cost of a game um, so that's good I think also um, another good one is Paladins I think Paladins mm-hmm. is quite good because you can play through the whole of Paladins but if you want to unlock people you can pay more money if you haven't done it the old fashioned way so yeah. that, there are good examples of it and responsible um, I guess in, I don't know Anton do you know like safety features on the Switch do we have like limitations can you set limitations on a Switch so that if you've got a kid for example you can say well you know what they can't spend more than a tenner in a month 
I think you can via the parental apps. I think there's plenty of limitations on that side, and I think it's a kind of case of if they go to buy something, it can ping the parent's phone for okay. verification. I'm not 100% there. It's obviously something I've not used, but it's definitely weird here because the thing I, I've been thinking about this a bunch this week, and it was with the kind of news of the Yu Gi Oh game where there's, there's no microtransactions, but you have card packs. And obviously, they're a lot more balanced when they're where you just go in for the cards you play with the game. You just buy them in packs and then you open up and you don't know what you're getting. And it's just the fact that there they're kind of closed. And similarly, even just with kids with Pokemon cards, it's kind of always been a thing that's kind of been manipulated for kind of economic gain. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of on the, the point of view of yourself, Alistair, where it really depends on what they're selling. What What is there behind that paywall? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a discussion that could you could have a podcast on its own just talking about it, and I think it is something that we should be aware of, and it's I think it's responsible to to mention it and to talk about it. But um, it is interesting that a country has taken a hard line like Belgium and said no, we're we're just not doing it, and I could see that happening elsewhere, you know, because well, I can see it happening here at some point, potentially, yeah, yeah potentially. Yeah. Oh well, uh, interesting. We will um, probably talk about it again at some point, depending on what gets released when. A couple of other just very quickly before we move on to the quiz, which we're going to do something slightly different i'm very excited about this and also slightly nervous um but before that just a couple of other bits of news that aren't necessarily nintendo related but uh so the firewatch developers these are the developers behind the game or is that we're talking about yes now they've announced the playdate console now i is this the thing with the windy up thing on the side indeed yeah this looks really cool yeah and it it gets a little bit more interesting beyond hardware so kind of if you haven't heard of the Playdate console, it's coming out in 2020. It's kind of a little bit bigger. It's maybe like the size of two credit cards stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's quite thin. It's maybe well, the thickness of your phone. It has a D-pad and two buttons. And then on the side, it's got a wind-up crank. Uh, kind of like almost like a portable torch that you have to wind up. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting in terms of it's got a black and white display. Uh, it kind of plays 16-bit-ish games. Uh, and what's really interesting about it is the delivery method of the game. So you kind of almost subscribe to it like a season. So you go in there and you buy a season, like a season pass for a game. You'll get, let's throw out of wake number, 15 indie games made by kind of established indie developers. They're all kind of very experimental. And then that's kind of the distribution model for it. It's a very interesting console. I believe it's going to be retailing for 150 Pounds? Yeah, that was the only yeah. concern I had was I thought for an experimental console, and I understand why it's that price point. I don't think it's that bad, but it's just it is quite high, I think, for something that's experimental. But I, it is something that I would be interested in from the point of view of it's in it's innovative. It's it's you know, innovative. It's very interesting that they've done this. And I think um, fair play to them for trying something different. I, I have a worry that it's going to be a bit like an, an Ouya and just disappear off the face of the earth like the Ouya now has. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think for you, how do you feel about the price? Do you see this as something that you would be interested in? Uh, I'm not sure who they're aiming it at. That, this is why I can't get my head around. It, it's just a weird concept because I don't think it's going to be appealing to most to mainstream gamers. It's going to be, a, I think, it's going to be a really niche market. And mm, at yeah. 150 quid, I can't see that many people buying uh, it. I, I think I've got higher hopes for it than that. I think it is specialist and i think if you are someone who loves your indie titles and i love indie titles it might be a different way to experience them and i think the i think the fact it is so quirky it's going to be one of those that people that are really into it might go actually i quite fancy having that but you're right it's not an essential it's not like but the switch is you know i I understand why everyone we all love the switch yeah absolutely and there's so many Mm -hmm. places you can play really good indie titles why why would yeah why would you (laughs) buy well apparently mario zuckerberg tried to buy the company that makes this Really? Yeah, he did. He oh, was really? successful, but he was trying to buy it about a year ago. Well, Firewatch is a brilliant title that is on my list of games to play, and I'm, it's the kind of title that I would be very, very um, excited to play, but I haven't got around to it yet. So, you know, I have I have high hopes for this, but I understand if it's a complete flop, it wouldn't surprise me either. Yeah, know? I mean, it's going mm-hmm. to be a fun story to watch develop, see where it goes. I mean, I, I, I have expectations it's going to go nowhere. Yeah, it's going yeah. to belly flop, yeah. but it's a cool idea. I like the fact that someone out there is doing something different. Are you going to buy it, Anton? Um, oh, I was really on the fence about it. I, I love the concept, and I think the subscription model is very neat. Um, one thing they have stated it's going to be very limited quantities when they release it at first mm-hmm. uh, so I have a feeling this might be something if it's successful they'll do a, like a Mark 2 
and then that will maybe cost sixty pounds, and you get a season. Yeah, I don't think this kind of first model is uh, the main model. I think there's a lot of room to grow here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was like eighty pounds, maybe I'd be interested. But yeah. that's kind of coming from a collector's point of view, where. If, like 50 years who knows well, that, that was my commodity. the perspective I thought you might take on it was that from a collector's point of view but you're right I think sub £100 would have been a p- price point where I would have gone yeah I'll probably go for that but the money it is we'll see we'll see what titles it is going to have and what the subscription includes uh, just briefly I just mentioned it a minute ago but Ouya is being shut down completely which is kind of sad really yeah it's yeah. dead I was a backer I had an Ouya briefly I think I remember that now yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean I was I loved the idea of it I thought it was very very cool and then the reality just it was a bit buggy. funky it was a bit buggy the game store didn't get big enough as, as quickly yeah. as I wanted to and he's going to give up and sold it on that's a shame it was a shame it was a lovely yeah. idea it was fun being part of it, yeah. to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's weird because when they it came out, that was when indie games were really hard to kind of get onto the kind of online marketplaces. It was like, wow, this game's been made by two people, and that was like really impressive in 2010 ish. But by like 2013, when we had the PS4 and the Vita and Xbox were all supporting indie games, the Oya was kind of dead on arrival, which is a real shame, but. Had a yeah. long life, surprisingly, for kind of yeah, a console that failed early say, on. When was it that you actually back? It was years ago. Oh, I mean, it must have been what, seven years ago. Yeah. Somewhere. That was a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, I remember. There was a lot of hype around it at the time. So, there was. There yeah. was. Oh, well. Sad times. And uh, more sad times, potentially, if you've been looking forward to the Sonic movie. Probably not sad times because it means they can fix everything. Uh, The Sonic movie's been delayed. I think this is brilliant of them because they've basically said, you know what, we want to get this right. We're going to wait a little longer. So we don't expect to see it this year now, Anton, really. Yeah, you know, I I admire them for delaying it. Uh, As we've mentioned with Team Sonic Racing, Zega doesn't always like to do that. But... Mm. uh, Let's, let's hold our fingers crossed that the movie starts to look a little bit better. I still have my small conspiracy theory that this is all a setup, and they know that they just need to set the expectations really low then just come back with something mediocre and we'll love it. Who knows? Uh, very <laughs> clever and very... Um what's the word was he skeptic skeptic hats your skeptic hats are back on Um, yeah we're bouncing it out now absolutely (laughs) all right so now we're going to move on because we're going to do something slightly different this week and it's time for the quiz tell us the people want to know yes so if you are not familiar with the quiz we do every week on the podcast it's usually hosted by mike but i have stolen the controls this week Uh, and what we do is we list off a couple titles uh, we give off the description, and then whoever's competing in the quiz that week, for the first time, Mike and Alistair, uh, they have to guess which game it is. Yeah, can I just say that I sounded much more knowledgeable when I was asking the questions. <laughs> so the I'm tables not, are turned. I'm not sure I like this, but um, we'll give it a go, and well, we'll see. That depends what level Anton has set this at, because either we're both going to look really dumb, I know, or one of us might just manage to skip my, the pass. My problem is I am terrible with publisher names. I'm so bad Oh, with dude, I'm, I'm the worst. My well, memory's atrocious. I have I think a sieve for a memory. On the plus side, it means you've got a chance of winning, so that's something. Yeah, it probably doesn't. Um, <laughs> so one thing I will say is, uh, from each time you give us a clue, Anton, we have one, still the same, we have one chance to sort of give you one answer, and then you move on to the next clue. Is that right? Indeed. Cool. All right, let's, yep. let's have a go then. Let's do this. Good luck. Same show, different host. Good luck, uh, so we're starting off with the hardest game first. All right. However, if I knew any two people in the universe that would know this game, it would be used to. Right. So let's do this. <clears throat> the game was developed by Nigel Anderson and published by AF Software in 1983 for the ZX Spectrum, BBC Micro, and Dragon 32. Dragon's Lair. Nope. Uh, pass. I'm trying to try <clears throat> think back what games they even had at the BBC. This is a long time ago. Oh, no, Lemmings. So, no, sadly not. <laughs> and I couldn't answer anymore. I want to shout lots of names. Sorry, carry on. The game was subsequently ported to the Commodore 64, Acorn Electron, MSX, Amstrad CPC, and Atari 8-bit line of computer. You play as Henhouse Harry. Henhouse Harry? Mm, that's not a bell. It's definitely not Space Invaders then. Um, <laughs> Chucky Egg. <laughs> Correct. Yes! Wow, dude, high five. You deserve a high five for that. Thank you. Yes. Oh. That's impressive. I'm glad, I'm glad you you remembered it. Uh, Clucky Egg, what is that? This was the title I was a little bit worried about. Oh, Chucky Egg, sorry, yeah, yeah, what is yeah. that? Um, 
to be honest, I've got very vague recollections of it. But I remember, um, I remember it being a big title at the time. Or oh, not that yes. time. I was, I was one or something. But when I played it on the Spectrum, um, and it was one that had a big cult following, and a lot of people have kind of asked for it back as well. So there, I didn't know the. It was when you said the character's name, and I remember that the character. You don't play as Chucky Egg. That's <laughs> all I remember. I thought, what if that's it? So there we are. Yeah, you're like having to rescue me. It's like in a little wee kind of yellow cage as you like climb yellow, like uh, like pink uh, ladders. It has that kind of very yeah. early eight bit set. It's cool. It's a cool. It's a. It was a really cool title at the time. Well done. That's a good anyway. debut, Mike. I'm well, well chuffed. I'm going to yeah. retire now. And <laughs> retire on top. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Alrighty, so. The second title, do do do, almost said the title. I'm not a professional at this at all. <laughs> so uh, the game is a racing arcade game developed by Sega AM2 in 1993. Virtual Racing. Nope. Uh oh, Sega uh, mm, Rally. Nope. It was one of the highest-grossing arcade games of all time. Daytona USA. Car- Correct. Yes. Oh, nice one again. Yes. Well done. You were just thinking back to uh, the local games arcade down there, what we used to play, weren't you? Do you know what was really <laughs> annoying? After I said my first guess, I thought, no, I think I know what this is. And I couldn't say it until he started asking the second <laughs> question, <laughs> which uh, is so frustrating. So I wasn't even listening. I just wanted to shout it. <sighs> uh, it's just that the theme of that game, the Let's Go Away song, I was, I've just had it like playing on loop all week and I've just been like craving to go down to a bowling alley or something and play it. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a proper arcade classic I wonder if it is still in any arcades of course somewhere in the world (laughs) definitely they've got one uh, fairly near me and it's it's a go-to for me because I just love the music of it they've got a they did a sequel in 2017 just in the arcades so (laughs) Zega if you're listening give us a home console port of uh, I believe it's Daytona Championship USA it looks gorgeous it's got 4k graphics but it's only an arcade sadly in the arcade so, <laughs> the arcade yeah the only, the only one, one that's left, left. <laughs> oh, brilliant. oh well that's cool alright so yeah oh. yeah nice one nice one indeed so will we do the last one because yeah, I'm sure. guessing there's in- another game let's do it indeed uh, there's one more uh, released in 2010 for Xbox Live Arcade it's an independent video game created by Ed McCullen McMillan Peggle Sadly, nope. Uh, Plants vs. Zombies. Ooh, I love that title. It's a good, it's a good uh, game. Sad, By the way, just, sadly, just on a little uh, curveball there, because you mentioned that, can we please have Plants vs. Zom- some Zombies on the Switch? Because that multiplayer... I mean the... Um, oh, you're talking Garden about the, Warfare. Yeah, Garden Warfare. Not that the mobile fun. game. Garden Warfare. Can I we like have the mobile game. The mobile game's great, but can we have Garden Warfare, please? Because it would be perfect. Anyway, sorry. Oh, nope. No need to apologise. <laughs> so... The game was a sequel to a 2008 Flash game. Oh, ooh. I've thought of something that was a sequel that I played, and it's... Oh, what is it called? I don't know. I'm just going to guess uh, Hogwarts, and I know it's not that. Explosion Man 2 or something. Sadly, no. no. The game was firstly released on Xbox 360, but later saw releases on Pete's... <clears throat> PC, eh, Mac OS X, PS4, PlayStation Vita, Wii U, and Nintendo Switch oh. in January 2018. So it's been released on the Switch. Indeed. And it's a sequel. Indeed. Uh, My game's knowledge just is not up to par. Xbox. And it was an Xbox Live title, did you say? Indeed. Number two. I know there's going to be people shouting at us listening right now, going, I know this! My head is shouting, I might be saying, why don't you know this? I, I just can't think what it would be. No, I'm going to pass. Okay, sorry, sorry, Anton, carry on. All right, it was featured in the documentary The End of Game of the Movie and has a sequel coming out in 2019. Indie title, number two. Um... Oh, this is not good. I'm going to guess Trune 2, but I know it won't be that. Trine. 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 That's what I meant. But still not that. <laughs> no, it's it's something bigger that's that's done really well. I'm saying, I, I think I I think I probably played this. Whatever it is. Um, bum, bum, number bum, two. Bum, number bum, two. Bum, bum, Sorry, bum, carry on, Anton. Give us another clue. You play as a red cube-shaped character 
as he attempts to save his girlfriend, Bandage Girl, from the Intactus, Dr. Fetus, and you play 300 hazardous lev- platforming levels. Cube. Um, the Impossible Game 2. Close but no cigar. Um, oh, what is this? I'm just I clearly don't know what this is, so I'm not going to bother oh, trying give to us, guess. Give us another what clue. <laughs> another clue. God, you're you're uh, so close, aren't you? I don't know what it. I I, I've, I know I've played this, but I can't think of what Do it's you? called. Yeah. Uh, it does. It's not even ringing any bells with me at all. Red cube. Red cube. Uh, okay. One last clue, he, and then we'll call it quits. We'll give it. <laughs> the the bleeding character has appeared in other games such as Bit Trip. Bit trip fate. Meat, bit meat trip boy. Meat, super meat boy. Yes. Hey, super meat boy. He got there. Woo-hoo. Goodness Ooh. me. Well, that 3 was, nil. Well done, Mike. That must have been the slowest five minutes of podcast. I mean, I wanted to stop listening and I'm part of the game. It was, yeah. Oh, man. Sorry about that. Of course. Yes. Super, super meat, meat boy. boy yes. too. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Oh, that was going to be the easy one, mate. Come on. I know. <laughs> Chucky egg, no problem. Give me super meat boy. Oh, never mind. Anyway. We need to cut out those massive long pauses and edit. No, let's just keep it in. Let's, let's keep the tension in here. You know what I mean? We've got to share that with everyone. Yeah, you know? I apologise to the audience already. Yeah. Well, listen, that's a bit. Thank you, Anton. That was good. You were a good host. That was very good. Oh, why, thank you. Yeah, very yes. good indeed. I yes. just need to brush up on my knowledge. Yeah. Well, that was great. Give me more of those obscure 80s games. I might have a chance. Yeah, to we, yeah they were good. <laughs> um, that's about it for this week. Just to remind us, Alistair, where you can find the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. This is the first time you've stumbled across us. Uh, well, you can find us many places. We are on iTunes. We are on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on our website. You can just go on there and download or listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email us. Uh, we have an email which is podcast at nsukp.co.uk. And Anton has built us a lovely website. Yes. Which is www.nsukp.co.uk. Anton, are you off to play Minecraft? Uh, most likely, just to destroy <laughs> my life. You know, <laughs> what else is there to play? I think I've. I'm like in between jobs right now, so I've just put like 50 hours into it in one week. Oh. It's not healthy. Oh, but you know what? It's it's you, you play whatever you like. We will not judge because it is a it is a great game that's been enjoyed by many many people. So that's absolutely fine. You're fine. Don't worry. I'm judging myself. Don't worry. <laughs> Nobody else needs to do it. I judge myself enough on the inside. <laughs> oh, well, you we won't judge you. But listen, that's it for this week. We'll be back again next week. We're getting closer and closer to E3, which is very exciting. That's the uh, episode number twenty uh, plus a couple of specials yeah. in there as well. Old, so if you haven't old. listened to any of the old ones, you still can do that as well. Uh, we'll be back next week. So until then, have a great week and goodbye. Cheerio. Au revoir.